0: And welcome to Burning Bridges with Bridge Burner, uh, the podcast about level design. And today uh, i got a very special guest, um, particularly excited about this one. We've got Junction8, uh, Jason O'Connell, formerly of ID Software, lead level designer, a man who knows his stuff. Uh, how's it going?
1: Actually, principal level designer. Principal,
0: okay. That's that. Is there a technical difference there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's Yeah, there's a re- bunch of titles, but uh, in the end, I made levels.
0: You make levels, very good. No, well, um, yeah. That's really that <laughs> yeah. That's what we're here to talk about. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you, you you were with ID for, what was it, 13 years, I think? Um, yeah. Which is a long time with any Starting company.
1: 2008, I yeah. think, is when I started.
0: That's a, that's a hell of Ed's a distance. the
1: name uh, Junction 8. That's where that came from. Ah,
0: where well, you go. A little bit of trivia there. It
1: was more of a, it was like, uh, I, had my, I had my kid, and then I got the job at ID, and it was just, it was a... A junction, mm. right? In in my life, it was a good. The path was changing, and uh, so just kind of marked it right then.
0: Oh, that's that's really cool. That's been a, yeah, a bit of a watershed moment. It sounds like two thousand eight, because that would have been a time of chaos with the credit crunch and all the shit that was going on with that. And yeah, oh, that's really cool. Sounds like it was a yeah, good turning point, and you turned it into something absolutely something positive for sure. Um, so you've obviously got you got quite a quite a catalogue of of games you've worked on professionally. Uh, you know prey um rage doom all up to doom 16 and doom eternal um so i think uh, i think we'll start off with looking at probably the thing that people know the most and that is that is uh you know doom eternal and doom 2016 you know two games that really i think revitalized the single player shooter experience and uh, not just as a doom fan but just as a, a gamer um you know arena shooters battle royales are big uh now the you know the single player experience feels like it's taken a little bit of a You know, a a backward step uh, in the market. Um, What was it? What was it like, just being in that industry at that time, seeing the success of these these games as they kind of blew the world away?
1: It was crazy, man. The um, leading up to the launch of 2016 was scary because you had no idea what it was. Mm. I mean, we it was just you know. I mean, I think we were all very proud of it. Uh, but it was scary leading in because the community and everything else—it's just like you—you're you, coming into something that people absolutely love and cherish, so and to, and defend quite angrily sometimes. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was terrifying to come in, but um, at least the result felt like the uh, it was a very proud moment mm. I think just to be able to have been part of that and to be—I mean, hell, I wanted to work at ID since I started, you know, in making levels back in the day. So just to be part of that company, especially when I got there in 2008, there were still a lot of the original guys left. Mm. I mean, Carmack was still there and all oh, that wow. kind of stuff. So I did get this opportunity to be able to see those guys in action, which was crazy. Oh, that would have been awesome. Fun. I, yeah, I didn't realize yeah. they still
0: had some of the, the OG uh, it, it got, it boys still, uh, still at the company at that point.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. And, Actually, uh, the- and then just...
0: Um no, I just like, actually I rem- remember seeing their names in the credits for Doom Three, so like, yeah, they wouldn't have been mm-hmm. you know, too far away uh, at two thousand eight. Um, so because uh, like, I remember mean, with Doom sixteen, like just playing it and that, that opening scene where you pop out of the, the coffin and and just that build up to the title card and just when, when the you know, the Doom came on the screen, and the, the the music comes up and it's just like it just felt perfect. Like yeah, you know, for someone who's been playing classic Doom for a long time um, and you know just having it just feel like it just ticked that box it's like this feels this feels like home <laughs> um, Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a hell of an experience um, So I think one of the things that really stood out to me with Doom 16 And we can contrast this with Doom Eternal from a more level design focused perspective is Doom 16 has quite a nonlinear level design It was quite open layouts lots of intertwined areas like something like the foundry You could play that in a myriad of different ways. There's lots of paths you can take um, and then of the like Doom Eternals uh, always felt like when you broke it down, it was a straight line in terms of like your gameplay progression. Um, uh, you know, with Doom 16, was that a conscious decision to keep it open plan like that? Or was it just something that naturally kind of occurred?
1: I think it just kind of naturally occurred. I mean, there were some of those, like you mentioned Foundry as an example. Um, it wasn't always that, that way it uh it it was more linear and it you it it did you did get guided through it a lot more and it was more of a just a choice at the end uh, and an experiment to to see if you could just open up the entire level and let you choose where you wanted to go Mm -hmm. uh and uh thankfully it, it worked out pretty well uh and it's I think man. Hugo had the idea coming up with with, with the um, all the gore nest stuff. Just, just think of it as, as objectives and things like that. Like Hugo just, just slap in a uh, a nest full of God knows what it is with a mm. portal, pull it, and initiate the fight.
0: Yeah, because that gives it like, you know, because uh, I think good, good non-linear level design is quite hard to pull off. And like with a map like the Foundry, it wasn't just about the key door. You know to get into that turbine area but like with those score nests it gave you your objectives gave you your purpose and right. that's yeah you know, i think that's really important in a, a map of that kind of design is like the player they can you know meander around and explore and take their time but if for people who want to just kind of like, you know play the game you're giving them really clear go here go here go here and you can do that in any order and i think the way that that map was was linked together it was very easy to make your way f- between those kind of four key zones um, I think some of the vertical climbs were a little bit tricky. Like there's that lower Gornest and <laughs> the pit. That one was like, yeah, where, where do I go now? <laughs>
1: yeah. um, but well, a lot of that too is like once once you get those, uh, since that was done at such a late stage on that map to to give it those kind of that that open feel, uh, to try to retrofit something mm. into there because you can't really change much no. at that point. <laughs> all, all, all the geometry is there. The, the artists have already done their passes. Mm. Like everything is there. So now try to. <laughs> try to put gameplay in in yeah. a in a different way than it was intended uh it takes it takes time a lot of time
0: because mm, that's uh you know that um that process it's i've i've gone through that you know uh every and a few like trying to change your design idea like oh, i want to do this now can i can i cram it in can I can i shoehorn this concept in with the minimum amount of rework and it's bad enough in, like, someone like a, a, a doom builder, where you, it, you can actually change things relatively easily. But yeah, where well you've got a uh, a model based game with like the d- dedicated teams to each workflow, uh, you know, with those mm. yeah you know, those that process is important for you. You block out and you do your, your your combat tests, and then you start your detail passes, and then you do your fun. You know, you can't if you start moving
1: sh- stuff. You're gonna have to redo yeah, you, you that break, whole process. Yeah, you break, a, you break a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it's significant work that needs to be done by then. A lot of people, mm-hmm. if you just shift one thing, and you wouldn't think it would be that crazy, but it definitely can yeah. have a trickling effect. Down the oh, line.
0: and and it can create like unforeseen uh, bugs and 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 skips oh, and yeah. stuff, and so you have to test it really thoroughly, okay. especially if you're going from a a more contained layout to something open, you start cutting, I'm guessing you just started cutting holes in walls and opening things up, and like, well, where can you get to from here? I don't know, we'll find out. Um, But again, going back to that, isolate, like the four, Gornis concept, like, it almost doesn't matter too much if you can kind of jump around in weird ways because your objectives are are isolated, kind of almost arenas um, that you just kind of bottled up, and once you're in there and pulled the, like as you said, pulled the cord, you're in there for the fight. Um, um, So... What would what what's your favorite level from from Doom twenty sixteen?
1: Mm. That is a good question. <laughs> as far as one that I worked on, I would say it would have to be um, like the the internal name is stuck in my head. I don't even it's a it was it was called Bloodkeep Bloodkeep right. A, but it was. Uh, cananger sanctum i think is what ah, it's ah
0: yeah yeah can yeah, Caniger sanctum yeah that's the first hell map i think that you go to yeah yeah um, i think
1: that's the, the the probably the one that i had the most fun working on it's probably also the one that i spent the most time on good, i think um but outside of stuff that i actually worked on i i i love the surface stuff i know you go there a couple times mm. which is just kind of um running around on the outskirts of uh of the facility uh well, there's so there's a few like resource ops I, I I do like I I have a thing for those um like the the hard hard surface mm. uh, interior sci-fi kind of stuff like I love that shit yeah uh, it's a good blend of like Doom Three ish kind of looking like I just love the look of those games mm-hmm. um so I, I I tend to lean to, towards maps that have more of that feel mm-hmm.
0: yeah and I think that's one of the good things about Doom. Sixteen was there was a variety of, of map styles, um, and you know depending on what your you know, where your, your leanings were whether you like those big open vistas, you know exterior of a compound and trying to find your way into it, or if it's the tight interior as you say sci-fi design and then you get into the hell maps and then things start blending together uh, later on and getting a bit more bit more techie as well, um with like the Vega bases, um yeah there's a good there's a good good mix there and I, I think um for me Necropolis was always one that really stood out. Uh, I think yeah. partly because of the music, like that's got the but that's got the best uh, music track I reckon in the in the uh, in the game. And this is a game with very good music, <laughs> like those double kick rhythms just always blew me away on that one. Um, and but yeah, I think there, there's a really good amount of good variety in, in Doom 16 uh, in terms of its design concepts. Um, whereas we'll jump over to Doom Eternal now. For me, Doom Eternal's always felt yeah, like I said, a lot more linear in, in its progression pathing. Um, you, you mm-hmm. move from point A to point B to point C to point D. You get maps like Super Gornes, which appear very nonlinear, very nicely layered and interwoven, but at the end of the day, it's still um, a linear path through the map for the most part. It, was, that a, was that a conscious move? And uh, I'd imagine it was possibly yeah, due to the complexity uh, of, of Doom Eternal.
1: It, um, you could tell that there was definitely... Like the, the, the maps that were started first were the maps in the in the middle of the game. It's like you know, okay. that whole second chunk, the second act. So you've got Mars Core, Super mm. Gore Nest. Um, Art Complex. The, uh, yeah, Art Complex. Uh, it's so funny because those names, like, I'm so used to the internal names of, of the <laughs> yeah. maps. So I don't, it's hard for me to remember what they're actually called. This map was in.
0: called I La Mayo 420. Um, it, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, but those maps, they take a long time, but you can see it in all three of those maps, um, that there, there was, I mean, they're, they're huge. And I was going say, they the most ambitious, yeah. Um, yeah. Maps. Yeah. And, uh, they did intertwine a lot mm-hmm. and they they can be maze like, but then it's still, like you said, it's, it's a linear path through yep. there. It just gives the impression that mm-hmm. it's, uh, that it's something that's maybe a little bit more maze like, um, but, I mean, it was definitely, it was it was a decision. I mean, Hugo wanted to go more of a, uh, a, a directed approach. Yep. A lot because he, he was telling a story on top of everything else, and it just suits that type of game mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. And sure. it was less about level design and a lot more about the combat encounters yep. and stuff because yep. a lot of effort is put into those combat encounters. Yeah. So those were just front and center. Uh, you know, like, that's, that's where... All the money's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you, much so. It's like the, the level's almost taking a backseat to, mm. to showcase the, uh, the combat. Yeah,
0: and I'd say Doom 16 was kind of the opposite. Like, the levels were more front and center in the combat. It wasn't an afterthought, mm-hmm. but the fights were a lot easier. You know, you, you, you know yeah, they, definitely. they weren't quite as technically set up, and, um, and uh, it it's like, yeah, we'll just we'll populate this area with a few demons, and, you know, it'll be it'll be fun. But, um, you know, it felt like the design wasn't centered so much around, we're going to build this kind of fight. Um, whereas yeah, Doom Eternal—it's like this arena. We, we've got a specific combat encounter that we want to set up. We'll set that up, and then we'll build the levels around around those concepts. Yep. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Because um, and I think that you know, you look at the difficulty bump from sixteen to, to Eternal, which is significant, yeah. <laughs> um, and that shows in that as well. And I think um, it was I actually think it was a a really good call, despite everyone's a little bit i think it's a little bit of salt the first playthroughs for a lot of people it's like a hard game what where did this come from ammo i have to manage it fuck <laughs> um <laughs> but it, mean, it gave it longevity and it meant you get people playing over again and there was a combat loop to learn it it, it is probably the most engaging one of the most engaging fps games uh single player experience that i recently replayed um uh, nightmare uh, a couple months ago after going to the expansion packs and we could talk about them a bit uh, later but going back to the base game going actually this is this is pretty top tier um from an enjoyment perspective um so i think um you know with uh, it was interesting you say uh how that you started at the middle of the middle chunk of the maps that seemed to the end I, I think and i would say like they, they, they always felt like some of the more ambitious concepts you know mars calls all scattered around um you know in space and um, you know, lots of platforming, and then you got Art Complex, which is a really cool. City map, really, really well. T- I don't like city maps normally. <laughs> I think they're very hard <laughs> to make good, but they, you, you know, it's a really fun map. That fight in the restaurant is probably the best fight uh, in Doom Eternal, I reckon. Um, and then, you know, Super Gauntlet. Everyone remembers that great visual presentation with the big gateway, um, uh, and you know, they, they're clear, like trying to figure out how to get inside to blow it up. Uh, so, from a story perspective, uh, those, those three also you know, have uh, very strong elements there. Was there a decision, or was it just kind of the natural? Uh, I think, you know, maybe, uh, you know, development cycle thing, where you start off big with what you're making, big ideas, big ambition, lots of energy, and then they, you know, taper off to slightly
1: smaller concepts later on. Or um yeah, I mean, a little bit. I think it's more that since those were the first ones, you're you're experimenting and trying to feel like what, like feel out what the game is. Um, you're you're trying things that you didn't do in in 2016. You know you're you're expanding everything. You're, um, I mean, they were art tests. They were they were everything. Mm. They were the prototype maps essentially, and uh, so they have a lot of Doom 2016's blood in them. Mm. Um, but then they have all of the Eternal stuff kind of built on top, and then you have the first chunk of the game and the last chunk of the game. Those are made later once you've kind of identified what the game is. Kind of
0: built the DNA at that point.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Um,
0: no, I think that's 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 really interesting. I, I, I think that's a quite a quite a cool idea. And like, it's interesting. Like, you compare to some other games, uh, and you know, say more indie things like Dusk in the Medieval, and they, you know, you, you can tell which levels were made first, um, just because the people were learning, and you know, there's there's you know, skills that you develop as you go through. You can't pick that up and do it. Turn, know, obviously, because um, it software is full of professionals, and uh, you know or <laughs> um, uh, well, theoretically um, but you know because they do they're an established studio and they know the process they can start off the first maps that are made are arguably some of people's favourites um, which uh, I think is quite interesting normally you'd find that it's the stuff made at the end whereas everyone you know everything very polished um, and, and the uh, the workflows are established and there's you know, um, uh, you know people have gotten better at their craft uh, you know uh, it's kind of the opposite there with Doom Eternal
1: well, and the game was a lot bigger, too, actually. So the, the, that middle of the game is it's coming from the guys that worked on 2016. And it's, you know, it's, it's everyone who who really put a lot of time into 2016. And then as you hire new people on and mm-hmm. more people transition to like there were some art guys that came over to become level designers and stuff like that. So uh, as they're training up, then they're on the other chunks of the game. Right, um, so there, there's, then, there is
0: some personnel shifting between teams.
1: A little bit, yeah. There's a, there's a few uh, like uh, world builders, you know, environment artists that were really focused on design, and uh, they would work on. Uh, there's one guy, Nick Dungbeck. He's he's awesome. He uh, he worked on Foundry a lot uh, mm. when I was working on that in 2016, and he would just come up with just random gameplay ideas. Mm. And is that cool? And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, hell yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> just, like, come come yeah, and like that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to break the catwalk here. you're Like. Sweet. yeah, good. I'm, I'm down. So uh, yeah, he came over and like he worked on he did cultist base and good. things like that. You know, ah, so he, he's so he's things the, things the
0: mean bad. one. He's the mean one. And, <laughs> yeah. so he's
1: he studied so much on just like classic shooters and like you know yeah like classic Doom stuff just mm. for traps and and anything he could try to like sneak in there he did like he he's, he's amazing
0: because yeah i think it's what like listening to people who are very very good at doom eternal people like your, your devos and your spud hunters and and your Rhythmia's and and whatnot you know, coldter base wants like that is the the difficulty spike you know with the middle the, 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 the meets the road and, and and the men are separated from the boys blah 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 um, right. and uh, I think you you know it, it is a very very technical very intense uh, and you you know you're kind of low powered it's certainly the beginning in terms of your arsenals um, and it's interesting that it's uh, someone who you know, came in from a, you know, an art team to go, oh, I can make maps. (laughs) And they come out with that. It's like, you know, a defining, you know, one of the most memorable experiences. (laughs) Um, He's boss. Did you work on Doom Hunter, Base? I did not. That was...
1: Oh, man. Why am I blanking there? Uh, Lewis. Can't even think of his last name. Oh. Yeah, I'm old. My yeah, mind, my mind's failing me. But it was Lewis, and then uh, combat stuff and gameplay was Adam Badeau Because mm, uh, I think I' um, together.
0: Especially on my second play, my my replay of it that I did recently, that one stood out as a like a, a perfect blending of story, visual build up, gameplay, and then a, a big finish. Um, and yeah, you, know, you play through and you slowly watch the Doom Hunter get built. The music's great, and it's this is really oppressive, like almost gothic you know but also still quite sci-fi cathedral uh to this entity and it you know takes you to the, like, the first proper boss fight and um, that one uh, i think is probably my favorite map uh, in the set now um after that playthrough
1: awesome yeah um, it's funny there is uh like going into eternal there was the um the talk of like you know the boss maps and stuff like that and yeah the, uh, the idea is that they would be short short maps get you get you to the boss and then and then over and done with so you can kind of see that when you fight the gladiator yes correct uh, yeah, boss, yep, you know, yep. is, that's just kind of straightforward mm. get some story chunks get to the boss fight him but then the other the other maps like doom hunter is a good example it's like now that just evolved into an yeah. entire level just because it was too damn cool <laughs>
0: yeah it's like just keep going it's too much fun <laughs> uh, i think it's good having the the the, the differences they're like this the the gladiator is very much like you're here to fight the gladiator He's there waiting for you? You just you know, there's a little journey, and you, like, there's a few story chunks to you know, still appropriately build up the atmosphere, um, and it's, it's it's it feels like a very um, uh, you know personal encounter, I think. Um, whereas uh-huh. Doom Hunter, like there's all sorts of other machinations around it. There's the, the um the Hell Priest doing the voiceovers, and you you know, this is just a step on the journey. Um, and you know, there's more to come after that, and there's more, 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 uh, you know, antagonists to go hunt down. And I, I do like the contrast between the two. Yeah. So, um you know, you've been been doing this professionally for a long time. We'll just go back back a little bit to before that. And um, yeah, you, know, you were saying that you you know you kind of had a dream for working for for a long time, and you mentioned on the uh, in the stream yesterday, uh, you are know, using old editors and stuff. And um, so you know where where did you where did your level design journey start
1: mm. no now i'm gonna be really old <laughs> uh, i mean even just wanting to like starting at the very beginning and wanting to make games it would have been i mean the only computer we had in my house growing up initially was a mac and it was a it was the worst mac ever. <laughs> it, it, it couldn't Are i couldn't anything <laughs> and uh so, like, mist was like the first mm. game that I like. I really got to focus on, and then I kind of experienced like world building in a sense. Yeah. Like, it actually felt like a place. Mm. And uh, the best I could do to, tr- well, and it also had the uh, the it had a making of movie yeah, on the disc. So watching that, like, I'll just watch it all the time, and mm. I still I still do, which is funny. It's oh, just slowing down. I'm all about nostalgia with that kind of shit. Is that, like, it like it just psyched me of like holy shit, you can make games! Like yeah. this is crazy. Look it's what these guys did. Well. And,
0: I can make games. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: awesome. <laughs> like, oh, they have, they have pads of paper and they're just drawing maps and mm. figuring out puzzles. Like I could do that. <laughs> so I would just sit there and you know, whatever program was on the Mac at the time, pretty much like the variant of Paint, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would draw maps and stuff. And uh, I mean, nothing ever came from that. Mm. Uh, but once I got uh, a PC. Which was like you know mind blowing. Uh, Started getting into like I would go to the library in our town. Always had those like classic old Doom books. They had like the disc in the back with all the out of your tools and all that stuff. I actually still have one sitting over here. I'll never get rid of these.
0: Yeah, like these beasts. Oh wow, that's awesome of those is massive that is a weighty tome oh. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and they all i mean and they they had just like textures and just i mean they pretty much just raided the internet at the time and just yeah. disc. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's fantastic but that opened up the world of uh, at least making a level and figuring out that you could change the art mm. and and just experiment with that kind of stuff but then what really grabbed me Outside, of, like I wasn't that focused on Doom. It was Duke 3D. Like right. the build engine stuff was like, man, right at the top. And uh, I, and I love the interaction you could do with stuff. You could mm. I mean, the fact that you were turning lights on and off, and you could make you know the rooms ch- change shade and shit was stunning to me back then. Uh, yeah, well, it's interesting.
0: Like, um, you know, Doom. Obviously, there was you know Wolfenstein before like Doom was kind of the first one that grew as a a, a modable game. In a big way, but then you you know, you're quake and your Jukes and these other your more advanced engines, and then Doom would just slowly pinch things <laughs> to yeah, improve yeah. theirs. <laughs> like like from the modding you know, the modern community be like oh hmm, poly objects and Hexen. You yeah we well, might grab those and uh, <laughs>
1: ooh,
0: ooh, you know interactable objects ooh, we can put in some code here and yeah I th- I think that's there's a bit of a, a bit of pirating going on there <laughs> yeah,
1: piracy definitely yeah. and then I think from Bill, I um. I don't think i ever did anything in quake i think i stayed like with build all during right. the quake era and uh but quake 2 it's like once it was like colored lights it was like oh my mm. god look what we could do now and then so i, I kind of bounced between quake 2 and then unreal yeah. and i was heavy into unreal a lot uh just making a bunch of shit and that's kind of where actually before that i i been mean, i started doing like contract jobs while i was in high school okay Like, uh, because back then it was just everyone's on IRC and Mm -hmm. and chatting and all the different, you know, like Shadow Warrior groups and Duke 3D groups and all that kind of stuff. And there was a lot of just people coming in and hiring level designers for, you know, 500 bucks, Mm -hmm. make a level for this thing. Pretty much... All of those expansions, never saw the light of day. <laughs> uh, you, you made levels, you got paid for them, they went off, and it's like, oh, well, I mean, shit, being in high school and, and yeah, getting that kind of money. Exactly, like, oh, it's great.
0: And getting getting paid to do great. something you enjoy. It's like, fuck yeah, I don't yeah. care if it gets released. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think the one that got the closest was, there was one for Shadow Warrior called Deadly Kiss. And you played... Uh, uh, I think it was Lo Wang's sister or, or something like that. And she, her name was No Wang. It was all oh, it,
0: yeah. I cannot even. <laughs> it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing.
1: And, uh, <laughs> that one was close. That one was really close. Uh I think I did I did some blood levels as well. Ooh, I just uh, played for blood some, mm. for for some blood expansion, but that never saw the light of day either. Blood's great. That's even my uh, favorite. Quake 2, I did a few levels for... It was for something... I think it was like Battlecruiser 3000 AD. Back then, it was just... I, I mean, and I never played those games. Right. Uh, but you still make notes one them. <laughs> some guy, was he was hiring... For that game because it was going to be like you could get on board a ship like if you captured a ship mm. you could get on board and then it would load up pretty much quake two engine right uh, map of that ship and then mm. you could explore the ship and then and then go back to playing yeah, like, battlecruiser I, I, I can build a ship uh, <laughs> yeah yeah I, I did a few of those uh, I don't think that ever came out either it's just like all this sadness of like all these things that I wish I still had so I could see them well it's uh, kind of, I don't it's kind don't of exist.
0: it's it's, it's it, I think I think you'll find that you know any passionate you know uh, whether it's a uh, you know Making stuff for another game, you know, in terms of like just you know free content, or if it's a professional like yourself, like you, that that story is is told a thousand times. Like you, you look at my hard drive, and it's full of unreleased stuff. I'm just lucky that I managed to keep it all. Um, like over 15 years of dabbling, and there's all this fun stuff that I really enjoyed making. And it was the act of making it was the joy. It wasn't so much as yeah. like I wanted to release this thing, and you know that was there was always an intention there. But I think, um. Even better because you got paid for it. But I think like just making stuff for the pure act of making it, like getting into that habit and that mindset, is a really good thing because it means that you'll always keep you'll keep doing it because you just like you just really enjoy the, the making of the map. And it's not the accolades right. and the reception and the feedback that keeps you keeps you going. It's just that intrinsic motivation. Um, you know, and you've turned it into you know so a very successful career. So, um, you yeah.
1: know, I wish. Uh, <laughs> There was uh, America Online. That was like, you know, all my family had for my internet. Access. <laughs> but they, they had, uh, there was like a, you put in like keyword 3D realms or something like that. And it would take you to uh, like the Duke 3D portal or whatever. And you could upload your maps mm. to that. And you would see like the download count next to it. <laughs> and that was always like the thing of like how many people are playing your maps. Yeah. And it's like, man, I have scoured. The internet, trying to find if anybody ever archived <laughs> those maps from that like database. Uh, I can't find shit, which, I mean, which sucks because I would love to go back and, just, and find some of those things.
0: Well, it's like, um, yeah, you know, and this goes back to why I think Doom is probably the strongest of the um, of the of the classic game, uh, you know, uh, communities. Is that archive exists? ID Games has stuff from nineteen ninety four. Right. You know, if you if it was uploaded there, it's still there, which is pretty which is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah,
0: um, they're not good. <laughs> Actually, no, there's there are some classics. There's some stuff definitely worth playing from back then, but it's a, it is a different world, that's for sure.
1: Um, it is a fun time to get pretty much sloshed, drink a bunch of beers, and <laughs> just load up one of those like old WAD discs and oh, just those, start yes. playing. Yeah. They are amazing. Like, there's <laughs> some of those maps. It's it's stunning, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's a good time.
0: Yeah, stunning, but not necessarily in a in a in a positive
1: way. It's just it's yeah, yeah, well, no, no, very very interesting <laughs> decisions have been made. But it's amazing because you can just read all the text files that come with them, and you know they have these <laughs> deep stories. So it's just like this is what's happening. You're like, man, that sounds fucking awesome. you going. It's just a square what room. You and load like-
0: it? <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to use my yeah. <laughs> gonna have to use my imagination nice. for this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So, what was <laughs> what what was your what was your favorite engine to work with out of those kind of like preliminary? Was there one that really grabbed you, or did you did enjoy bouncing? I mean, you said you worked with Build a Lot, but was there one that like in particular just thought was a lot of fun?
1: I think Build. Yeah. I mean, Build was a lot. Uh, I mean, it, it was fun. Uh, making stuff at Unreal, like I don't think I ever really enjoyed. <laughs> I've
0: heard that it's a bit of a it's it's a bit of a bitch to work with you can make some impressive stuff it, yeah
1: it was different back then i mean and I haven't used the newer stuff, but clearly like every game fucking uses it so it must be fantastic Mm-mm. uh the uh but the old stuff it's like yeah i don't i it i definitely didn't stay making unreal maps for a long time um the first few projects i think like when I was at human head, the first game was in unreal um uh, but that was like the amazingness of as unreal was transitioning mm-hmm. into uh, you know, now you have terrain and, and all, this, all this cool shit, so that was that was fun to work with. But you, definitely, I think I would always go back to build for the classic stuff.
0: Um, did you ever work on, uh, like, Quake 4? Or was that before your time at ID?
1: That was before. I think I was at Human Head when Quake 4 was being developed, so I probably would have been working on Prey. Because it depends on when Quake Four came out, but right. yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I was. Yeah, I had to have been at a uh, at even because so. Prey
0: is the same engine, isn't it? Yes, it's a
1: uh, tick Four, a Dec
0: Three. Yep, Dec 4. Four. Yeah. So um, this is this was definitely uh, uh, something I was keen to talk to you about was was Prey because um, it's a hard game to find these days, um, yeah. and uh, I'm assuming there's some legal copyright reason for that. Um, uh, but um, I, you know, I, I was gifted it from a from a friend, and I've uh, you know, played through about I think about half of it uh, now. And um, seriously, blown away. <laughs> it is an incredible game. Um, how did how did Prey start? How did the concept start? Because there's a lot of really like out there design in that game, both in terms of visuals and the way the mechanics. Like, what was what was where did Prey begin?
1: I don't even. I mean. So when I started at Human Head, I was on the the Western project they had, Dead Man's Hand. So they already had Prey going right. at that point, but I mean Prey already had a history because it, it was at 3D Realms from like the oh, late nineties. Okay. Oh, so they already it started? It's that old. Yeah, yeah okay. like and so the, I think that original version of Prey was pretty much just put on the back burner, and then Human Head picked it up at some time in the early two thousands, uh, and started working on it um but once we finished dead man's hand they merged that team into the prey team and even then it was still pretty early but it always had those kind of the, the gravity and the portals and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like that was always a part of what i think human head's version of it was going to be the original i mean the original prey stuff that he that 3d realms did that was all portals as well right, right, right. i don't know if it had gravity um but we never. I, I was uh, like, I wish I could have seen that old the uh, prey stuff from the nineties. Like, mm. I think that was all because I, I remember really uh, being psyched for it since I was such a three D realms fanboy uh, all throughout high school. Yeah, and I, didn't,
0: I don't think anyone's going to so that, you know, that it was a three D realms thing beforehand. So that must be that's deep lore.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think the hard the hardcore prey fanboys would probably know. Um, I mean it looked badass it, it was really cool looking and uh it, w- it would have been fun to at least have seen it uh, mm. at human Head. but i don't even think they had a build of that it's just like nope just start over <laughs>
0: yeah yeah because uh, um yeah i'm a big fan of the of, of doom three and it's obviously uh you know it's 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 got it's got its flaws but it, it, you know uh, particularly at the time uh, i thought it was fantastic and it's interesting watching so you go, go from going through to you know first Game in that engine, very tight spaces trying to show off the lighting and and you know, uh, paint you know, that it pulls the player into, into the detail uh, and, and and makes it very intimate. And um, you know, particularly some, some of the like the first helmet that you go to, and the, the you know, bricks flying around you and the cages get built around you, and it's so it's very uh um very claustrophobic. Um, the game, and then you, you go to Quake 4, that's like, okay, what else can we do with this engine? It like, gets very expansive, you have big armies fighting and big blisters um you know much much you know still got some pretty like tight interior areas but definitely trying to open up the visuals but i think with prey prey felt like the perfect melding of the two and it's like when i when i play when i started playing i was like this is the game that a Tech Four was, was was designed for and i think it's just a case of the engine being developed and people learning the the, the quirks of it and where, what its strengths are and its weaknesses but i was just i was just struck by how well things uh gel together in prey and um and then there's the the, the non Euclidean shenanigans, um, which I'm, I'm a big a big a big fan of that kind of stuff. It just uh, yeah, it was just an incredible experience. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs>
1: um, it's funny. I remember when uh, when we started working on, or when I started working on it, uh, when the team transitioned, there was all these rules of like, don't you dare overlap lights, and, <laughs> because it was just like if you had a shadow casting light and like two of them, like the whole see the shadows crap out. Like, like oh god, don't do it. Uh, and then, at some point, it was just like, "Fuck it, do it. And, like everyone and we did. it was just like throw in I mean, you were only you were you were supposed to have a very limited set of lights in each space. And if you go into the editor and look at that stuff now, I mean, there is clearly like we're like, no, nope, don't care just <laughs> down. I a fan. And, and just go nuts. I, I
0: approve <laughs> this design decision. Yeah, more well, shadows is it's always awesome.
1: good. <laughs> um but some of those maps, working on it. I mean, it's been a long time, but I still remember like there was areas that were uh, there was something with our version of id tech at the time that you couldn't highlight like brushes and models and lights and stuff and rotate. Right. Because if you, if you did, everything would get off axis. Mm. So like the, the brushes would rotate fine, but then the models would go. The- just, so know, like the model, the, far because away. I guess the
0: model origin didn't link up with the brush selection origin. Something, or just, yeah.
1: yeah, something was messed up internally that mm. made that impossible. So then there's areas that you're like, well, this we're going through a portal and you're supposed to be upside down. So you would think you would just build it and then flip it, yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever, but you couldn't because <laughs> flipping didn't work. So you had to build things at weird angles, <laughs> upside down, sideways, and that is such a. Mind fuck, right? Just to uh, try to get in there and try to focus on that because then, the, like, you look like you're looking at a room from a certain angle, but then the camera is actually mm. straight. It, it's it, it was a mess. So I was
0: going yeah, it, it's, it was hard. I was gonna. That was one of my questions. Like, how hard was it to make things like that? It sounds like quite <laughs> very hard. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: cause, and there was a limitation with the portals too because I was messing around. I jumped back in like last year around this time and started playing with that editor again uh, for for prey. And uh, which is awesome that it's just it shipped with it and it's all there and you can load up all of those maps and check them out, which is mm. really fun. Uh, but there, there was definitely I don't remember the limitations of the portals, but uh, now like getting in there and messing with it, it's like they couldn't look at each other.
0: Mm, that's They're, quite a, like, yeah.
1: If they did, they would just freak out. Get, um, too many
0: recursions and you open a portal to the abyss and <laughs> uh-huh. the Eye of God stares back at you like, Ooh, we weren't meant to do that.
1: <laughs> and then there was like fade distance on them too where they would turn black at a certain distance so you can kind of mess with that. But Yeah, I've, I've I had noticed uh, that
0: when there's a smooth, like, like the ones in the boxes, you get close to them is a smooth fade. A, instead of it like triggering like, like a, um, you know opening like that, it's just this gentle fade. I think it's a really cool effect, but also good for performance Because you're not rendering stuff. I
1: think it was a performance thing and it was like, if there was multiple portals in that space, you had to like Turn fade one off before mm. the other one could be on or something like that yeah. and managing all that was, was a mess.
0: I love it when like a technical limitation like there's like how, how are we going to manage these these resources becomes something, you can implement a, a fix for that as it becomes a cool visual effect as well it's like ah this actually looks really cool because <laughs> okay. we did something similar for Age of Hell with our portals was like yeah have them turn off when you're a certain distance apart and you can set a render distance and now we've got this cool like, opening effect with them as well. It's like ah that looks awesome for performance but it looks
1: awesome too <laughs> I think one of my favorite things about that, too, is sometimes when the the hunters in that game, um, just the basic fodder enemy Mm -hmm. with a a gun, uh, comes in, it's like he had a little room sitting in every map. Right. And it yep. was like their their portal room. And so like when you peek into the portal, you can say, Where are they coming from? But it's like that actually is just a space that exists off to the side and they're just hanging out in there. Like literally like, oh, like
0: an old school teleporter closet. Like you're gonna sit here until you're needed. You can stay there for the next yep. hundred years, um, this is your lot in life, uh, and then you can pop out and get shot in the head.
1: <laughs> um, like they couldn't work on uh, on the wall walks when you were upside down and stuff like that. AI couldn't move on them. Because tech navigation is just ground based. Mm. It's, it, there's nothing that says, "Hey, build navigation." So up they on the ceiling or on the wall. because they, so they Stay still. I had noticed yeah. that. You've lost so, it pretty so well. You, you see a dude teleport in. It's like, man, that's awesome. He's yeah. upside down. It's like, yeah, he's he's not moving. He's just going to stay right there. He's he's a turret. Okay, <laughs> I, I had not picked
0: that up because I because I think like when you when one appears above you like that, you're so disoriented like you don't
1: right. focus
0: on the fact that he's not moving because you're trying to figure out where to where to shoot. <laughs> Oh, he's everything to kill him quickly. I—that's uh, really interesting.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I guess I imagine yeah, the other pathing for that would have—I hadn't actually thought about that. Um, like, how would you path enemies through all
1: that stuff? Right. The answer is you don't.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I think if there was ever a scene, because I think there are a few where it looks like they are walking on it, it's an animation. Right. So, so it's like, like they're a, they're spawned in and they're totally just animated to like walk down or do something, like but a, it's not actual AI doing it.
0: Nothing wrong with a little heavy scripting. That's you right. <laughs> um, Yeah, no, yeah, I've been, I've been really impressed with Prey. Um, well, they have the. Um, I'm assuming you play play a fair amount of games, judging by the collection uh, collection on the shelf there. Um, Try to. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to find the time, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been. You know, part, um, it, what, what's jumped out at you? Like uh, I say, recently, but uh, in the last kind of like you know, five or ten years or something. Is there anything that in particular that's uh, really grabbed you?
1: Like any game wise,
0: yeah, like, I mean, I'm I mean, all over
1: the place with games because it's like, so, I mean, th- there's times where I'll just focus on like RTS games for a I long do, time, I do love RTS. and I'll just, you know, I'll dive into those. But shooter wise, <laughs> let's see. Like, if I was focusing strictly on like level design, the last game that I was really like, holy shit, these levels are awesome, was a medieval. Yep. Those uh, yep. levels are awesome. I have
0: like, I, probably close to a thousand so screenshots saved now.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, um, they're so much fun to just to move through, and it's like I could just beautiful just levels step on the cheats and just not even pay attention yeah. to combat. Like, I I just want to play the level. Mm. <laughs> That's all I want to do because they're yeah they are fantastic and get more unique as the game goes on.
0: Mm, yeah, you know, like, we're talking about you know like you know you start your journey and the first maps you make like in a medieval you can you play at the beginning they're they're still good looking. But you can feel them experimenting and getting more adventurous as you go through, mm-hmm. and then you know, culminating in episode seven, which is still one of the wildest things I've ever seen in a game. <laughs> um, the, yeah. That that stuff is just ridiculously cool. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, you know, a medieval doesn't necessarily have the most like engaging, difficult gameplay, but it is because you're there for you're there for the visual presentation and the exploration factors. And like you say, you can yeah. play it. You can just turn the horses off and just just play through. It's like I love this. <laughs> Made by Kiwis too. Um, fellow countrymen
1: um. Proteus stands out as well like Proteus's level design is fantastic yeah got like, some, uh... I, I love like everything I've played in there so far has been great mm-hmm.
0: no, it's there's a lot of a lot of good stuff out there at the moment um so um one thing uh, that I've noticed uh, with myself is as I've gotten more into actual design and you know and studying a bit and reading articles and, and talking to people like yourself it has changed the way that I think about games when i play them uh, yeah. in terms of like you are more analytical and like i'm having fun why am i having fun um because you know not just not just to you know pinch ideas and learn but also it's just the the way your brain works and i've noticed i noticed this with music because I, I play the drums and you listen to music differently when you know an instrument you, you analyze that instrument a lot heavier so did, is that something that you notice with yourself
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's like I think we've talked about it before in the past. Of like watching movies is just a pain in the ass because you pause them all the time. How <laughs> yeah. do they do oh, that? That's awesome. And then if I don't have a way, like if I'm not watching it on the on the computer or something like that, it's like get out your phone and just fucking snap a shot of <laughs> yes. it because it just looks <laughs> really cool. It's like, oh, it's, that's it's a annoying. Map. Yeah. And, and most of the time, I don't even do anything with them. I just throw it into a folder and it's like, yeah. At some point, I might think that's cool. I think I've probably uh, used like
0: two percent of the screen, the photos I've taken from movies to actually turn into something. <laughs> Yeah, but I have
1: done so. But games is the exact same. Like, mm. it, I. Trying to play through anything, it takes me forever because mm. I usually just have a notebook sitting next to me and I'll grab any little thing. Like, yeah. I just play, like, it could be a platformer and just do a simple jump. But, like, the way it happened in the game, I mm. thought was amazing. Like, it's like, that's fucking cool. I like that. So then get out the book and then sketch mm-hmm. what I just did. And have that as an idea that just sits there, and I do that with every game. Yeah, yep. So I just have notebooks just filled with just little moments mm. that I thought were really cool, and then going into any level that I work on or whatever, it's you should just dig through yeah, the yeah. notebook and be like, oh, that that was awesome. Yeah, I would try to work that into this level somewhere mm,
0: for sure, for sure. And I think um like uh it's important to because uh, this is something um, this is definitely a conversation or, or uh, yeah things I've said in uh, quite a bit over the last year or so is. Don't don't limit your creativity based on its source. It doesn't matter where you get an idea from. Like you, and like when you when you start opening your mind up to, that sounds very pretentious, but to being open to ideas from anywhere, uh, be it another game or you know a movie scene. Like fuck, that looks like a cool arena. or even just like that's a cool pillar. I want to make that pillar. Um, you know, yeah, I've got yeah. you know just like a lot of my screenshots and photos and stuff that I've saved are actually quite conceptually simple um, and. And it's just like, you know, hmm, what am I going to make in this, This, you know, making it. you're making your level, what am I going to make here? Oh, so if I flick through, hmm, pillars, I need to make a pillar, we'll make that pillar. And just, and then you can lose yourself in the just recreation of that piece. It doesn't impact gameplay, it's not that important from a progression perspective, you're just making a pillar. And by the time you've made the pillar, you know, I like this pillar. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I find that my brain has kind of built around it subconsciously. It's like, we could do this with these pillars now. We can put six in a ring, and then they're going to turn into this kind of room. Um, and yeah, I think uh, if you can if you can take ideas from anywhere, you'll never run out.
1: <laughs> um, the best part about that, though, is that the amount of time and thought that went through your your brain for that one pillar. Like, this is how it started. And then all, all the work that went into building it. And then you watch somebody play what you've put out there and they just walk past <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: it's, like, it's on screen for two seconds. You're <laughs> like...
1: Yeah. You're like, oh, <laughs> that was a week's worth of <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears. And <laughs> yeah. No one cares. Fuck. Uh, yeah.
0: no, that, that is, that is a, a thought in the back of my mind because uh, anyone who knows my work, it does tend to be quite quite uh, detailed. and It's just like you spend all this time crafting these elements and people like just walk through it in seconds. Is like, cool glad you liked it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but i had fun
1: making it so yeah it's, it's the curse of a level designer i <laughs> yeah. think that's just what you have to live with
0: <laughs> i think yeah i, I did make a, the effort uh in doom eternal a few times to actually go and stare closely at things like how, like all the cracks in the concrete or the little like filigree skulls around a pillar base and it's like i was like i definitely appreciated the those fine touches that were put into that game uh from that perspective. that
1: was the the painful part of uh, Rage actually was the amount of like detail that was put into stuff, and then once everything was baked down to just a gigantic mega texture. Mm. Like everything got super blurry, Looked like soup. And just, oh, and it's just so there's so much thought put into, like, well, you know, somebody dropped papers here, and there's all this like environmental storytelling that doesn't matter at all, yeah. but it's there. Uh, but then when you play the game, you look at it, you're like, I don't even know what that is, it's, like it's the- just a, a blurred mess <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> fuck Mega fuck me, textures, <laughs> it's ruining people's lives,
0: yeah uh yeah you yeah, know, um, it's it's a it's a it's a constant battle i think is you know uh, people who do this kind of thing it's like i want to put more stuff in there and you know people is they going to notice it that can you actually see it like yeah I could, I could detail that little balustrade over there that no one's ever going anywhere near and you can't actually see once i go in the game and i realize hmm nope you can't see what i just made <laughs> so i find you i do that a little
1: like the only people that would notice it are like other level designers. They're yeah. like, damn, look what he did over there. pretty, much, pretty awesome. Much, yeah. But everybody else playing it, they're like, yeah, they're just here to shoot shit. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. There's multiple markets to, to tap into. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, yeah I think uh, I think we've probably covered off uh, just about everything I wanted to talk about as far as... Uh, I'm going in.
1: Yep, that's what oh, I was this, thinking. I'm sitting here. I am going in to the pickle beer. Yeah, so I've, it's just been haunting me.
0: <laughs> I've got something different here that I haven't tried before, which is a pink grapefruit hazy IPA. Um,
1: oh man, this does not smell pleasant. <laughs> oh. This is this is right. this is the highlight
0: of the podcast, everyone. Um, yeah. Junction Eight trying a what was it? Pickle
1: and pickle and jalapeno. Jalapeno. It's called Hell Yeah. The jalapeno pickle fucker. It's not even like good alcohol. It's three point five percent. Like it's nothing. So you... and it's just pickle juice and jalapeno. That um sounds interesting. Okay, that's not the worst thing ever. <laughs> with fight praise. Not bad. Not bad. All right, I can get behind that. <laughs> that's heavy on the pickles. Oh, there's the there's the jalapeno. Oh, that's nice. All right. But of heat, but of heat.
0: So there's a, there's a little bit of heat in it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's slowly coming in, yeah. like at the end. Look, it's, it's just kind of resting on my tongue now. I think it's like a good chili oh, beer. Oh, it's weird because it smells awful. It <laughs> smells absolutely awful, but it tastes okay.
0: Um, I think like a good chili beer, it, the heat does come through late. You don't want it front mouth. You don't want it cutting really early because it'll kill all the other flavors. You want it to sneak in after... Yeah, there's a, a, a back of the oh. mouth taste, and I, I think you like I it. I really, <laughs>
1: I really hate that I like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to admit to be like, yeah, there's a pickle beer that's awesome, because, uh, but, but there is. This is, this is worth it. <laughs> You're a
0: convert. Look at that.
1: Yeah, you found yeah. a good
0: one. I'll have to, yeah um i do i do like uh, i do like the experimentation that you get with a with a lot of craft beers like this might not taste good this might be garbage but
1: i'm going to try it because it will be an experience Mm. dude i took my son with me when we went and bought all these a couple days ago i was like dude you can just pick out whatever i'm down like i will try anything that i haven't had before definitely so he picked up like there was one like a gingerbread beer um it was a lot of just flavoured flavored ones and I was like, oh man, I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> I did say you could pick any one and I'm kind of regretting <laughs> um, it. Like, this one's got all these different fruits in it. And it's like, okay, <laughs> let's let's see how it
0: goes. There's one here that's called Garbage Stout um, uh, from one of my, my favourite breweries a uh, place called Garage Project down in Wellington and they, they, they really specialise in... Oh, that was the Umami Monster that I was oh, talking okay, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they made that. So they, they they go for really weird, wild stuff but they... They're also very good brewers, so they know if there's something good in there, they can they can generally extract it and make it enjoyable. But there was one, it's a like a fourteen percent imperial stout, but it, they decided like fill it with comfort food, so it's got like pretzels and chips and raisins and chocolate brownie and maple It's just the the, the ingredients. This is insane. It's like this shouldn't taste good, and it kind of doesn't, but it's just it's interesting, and it's like I enjoyed the experience, and I kind of want to experience it again. <laughs>
1: That's funny. Yeah, I don't it. know if I could do that. I mean, I would try it. Oh, it's yeah, definitely
0: worth trying. Um, and they uh, the alcohol percentage helps because after you've had one, like, ah, I feel pretty good.
1: <laughs> I need to track down that taco meat beer I was telling you yes. about and send it to you because I really want you to try it. It sounds like, interesting. Looking at my like, my beer list, it's like nearly everything. I'm just kind of it, it's the same with games. I think it's like all media for me. Like I'm just kind of like always at the even. Like yeah, I, I like everything. Like, I give everything a shot. Yeah. That beer is the only beer that I've ever been like, no, fuck you. Like, <laughs> fuck you. This is a 0. 0.5. You're even lucky you're getting point five 0.5 like, out of this 100 is yeah. This is awful.
0: The only beers that I think that about a you know, like shitty beers like fucking Heinekens and, um, you know, the, the, those uh, green bottle beers because they just taste like chemicals in a bottle. Um, it's very, I'm trying to think if there's been like a genuine craft beer that I've had that reaction to, and I don't think so. There's definitely been some that will be like, eh, that's okay. But um, that one sounds like an experience. <laughs> well,
1: it's funny because I'm, like, I'm looking at on Untapped right now just to see what people are reviewing it. And there's so many like four stars kind of thing of just like, ah, oh, this is great. And it's like, what is wrong with you people? No, it's not. It really isn't. <laughs> this guy can. I, I'm. I'm good with this guy. He says, "Fucking disgusting." Yes,
0: thank you, <laughs> You are. Yes, you are a friend. We can go sit in the corner <laughs> and bitch about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it is a good time to be. Much like the FPS, uh genre at the moment, uh, it's definitely a good time to be, be a beer consumer. It's, um you know, just about every man and his dog uh, brewing something in their in their um, in their uh, backyard or in their in their garage. I remember. Um, it used to be a really cool craft beer place close to home. And I remember a dude, his was doing a free tasting session and set up. Literally his first brew. He like lived down the road, had made, made it in his garage, bottled it, taken it out, had, had them on the shelf. You know, it was his first time you know, getting them sold. And you know, I, um, a real nice guy and had a chat to him and tried his food. It was a good, good IPA um and then you know three years later there's like four of the four of those beers on the shelf and it's like i you know i was real real pleased to see uh awesome. yeah it was real cool and um it's it's kind of like yeah like you know you can any anyone with a computer can make a make a game these days and you know anyone with a with a bit of space and a little bit of capital can can make a beer and and it's it's um it's a it's a good thing i think
1: there was a guy uh when i when i was in high school our neighbor like man i wish i would have been more into beer back then or gave a shit because uh, he had um from these from what my parents had described his whole basement was just decked out and he just brewed all of his own shit and just walls of stuff that he was trying and all that kind of shit and it's like yeah i that's always been in the back of my mind of like man i should i should start playing with that but mm. i'm so easily distracted with collecting <laughs> random things like it would be a bad idea because <laughs> yeah. I would I would go like hardcore yeah. and just get like everything I needed and then I would stare at it and be like I don't want to do this anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this looks good on a shelf. We can stick and stay there. Yeah. No, yeah. I, did, I I did have a mate who who dabbled a bit in, in making some proper beers and he made made a couple of couple of pretty pretty good ones actually. Yeah, you know, kind of like you know slightly unrefined aftertaste, maybe a little a little bit too bitter, but like yeah, you, know, you drink it, go hey, I'll have another. Yeah. You know? um, Although um, his uh, uh, stepdad, he made, he brewed, but he used the Cooper's kits and made some pr- pretty sour 4% portery, like, hmm, this is, a bear Walk past this. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, Andrew Holschild he came over uh, a couple weeks ago. It was okay. like three weeks ago, I think. T- he, totally not uh, jealous. He's, he's been doing um, his own whiskey. Like, he's Ooh. been aging his own whiskey and it's uh, so he brought over a bottle of it, and it's funny, because I think it still, it had to have gotten stronger just sitting in my fridge, because the <laughs> night that he was here, we like, we had a cigar, and drank some of that, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it did, like, a nice vanilla hint and everything, oh my god, it was so good. Nice. And uh, let it sit in the fridge for probably two weeks, and then I poured a glass, and it was like gasoline. <laughs> like, like, it was insane. Like, I, I mean, the smell was still there, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be great." I remember how smooth this was, and then one drink, and I'm like, "Oh my god, my throat!" Oh, wow, <laughs> it's, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was still like I got plenty, uh, plenty fucked up after that. Actually, yeah. so I, I, it it uh, <laughs> it was very strong.
0: Nice. No, that that's um, because I do, I do like, I do like my, do like my whiskies, but um, I think there's a bit more, bit more crafts to and like when you make if you're making a spirit like there's just such a a longer development time to actually get a finished product with 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 beers you can kind of spit out a few and experiment a bit and you know find your feet a bit quicker i think um yeah distillery distilling sounds like a much longer game yeah to get into um all right i think it is time for some audience questions we've got a few lined up here um Uh, We'll start with the stuff in the Discord, and then if anyone's got anything else they want to add in uh, via the Twitch chat, um, if we've got time, we will go there. Uh, So, starting off from one simple turning, how how have your design processes both changed and stayed the same uh, coming from your first beginnings into your latest work um, on the latest major AAA FPS titles like Doom Eternal? Uh, Specific emphasis on post-driven workflow and cooperation with an art team versus solo stuff.
1: It's funny enough; that it hasn't really changed. Like making levels for the new, like newer game, like Doom and, uh, and Doom Eternal and stuff like it, felt exactly like sitting at home making a level when I was in high school. Like it, it is that. Would be on the only other side of it, like uh, he said, he mentions there at the end of the question, is it does get handed off. Like you're not responsible for mm. the the look of it anymore. You know, it's like you're you're not building the geometry. Yeah, you know, you're you're really just sticking with rough shapes. Um, but, like, a lot of the blockout stuff that I did for 2016 and Eternal, I used classic textures right. from, from, from just, like, Vanilla Doom. <laughs> I just used that stuff on, on everything. Nice, and, nice, nice. It was easily identifiable to any artist going in. You could clearly tell what was going to be a door and what, like, if I needed lava on the ground or a hazard, it's like, yep, fuck it. Throw down some nukage. <laughs> like, was, I love that. It was that. so I've... easy to use. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so there's, even like uh, I used a lot of the sprites as well. Actually, like I would, you know, just like dudes hanging from, you know, like all all just the body sprites and everything. Like I just I had that shit everywhere. And they made variants of those sprites as you know 3D mm, models and mm. just slapped them all over the place. It was really cool. That's fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> I love the idea of using classic Doom textures as Dave textures for Doom Eternal. I think that's uh that's amazing.
1: <laughs> there's a, like I wish I wish I had something to like I wish I could show it. Um, I don't think I'm allowed to show it. I don't even have anything to show, actually. The uh, that first space in Super Gornest when you walk out and there's like kind of the mini tower and there's yep. cars that are that are floating above it or whatever. Like in the very, blockout, that was cool just a a just a you know it's a cube essentially. But then above it, it was just kind of like the um, I don't even know, I don't know the texture name. It's that green texture with kind of the icon kind of sin on it, just slapped. It's like a green marbleish texture. Oh, that's I see. Classic. Uh, that's what was up there. <laughs> and so instead of so there, there was four of those cubes kind of rotating around, and it was meant to just to be a, kind of a blocker. So if you were to jump up there, you'd have to like kind of navigate around those things, mm-hmm. or whatever. And then as art comes in and does everything, those just transition to becoming cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's amazing. I love that.
0: Um, so I mean, we did talk about, it, but like the so it, you know obviously with your single, if it's just you doing the wave you do the block out, and then you do the. The refinement and the detailing and the encounter and i guess with a, a team it's just you do the block out then sh- goes on to the next uh the yeah next, i mean it, it'll
1: go on it'll go over to the um to the artists they'll start working on you know just building everything out and building all the assets and everything like that and you're still working on like you, you start shifting into gameplay at that point start doing all your combat encounters and things like mm. that uh with the um With, I guess, with in mind that you'll have to kind of redo that stuff later when art comes in, because obviously it's going to look completely different than what flat floors and everything are going to show. But there's there's a lot of cooperation and stuff like that back and forth, because art's going to be like we don't want to build it like that. Like, that's <laughs> ugly. You this know, this they, was like they, shit. They're, they're going to have much cooler ideas and you're like, yeah, I'm down. So it's just a matter of, I mentioned,
0: yeah, you know, it, it, it is, yeah, not so much like I'm done your job now. It's like, yeah, that's more of a transitional period. And then you, yeah, I imagine you get like some like that person you were talking about earlier you might end up making colder space. Like, Oh, I've got this really cool idea for something visual that looks like this, but you're going to have to redesign this area shape wise for it to work in like what do you think about that oh yeah no I think that's a great idea because I can do this with a fight and and that can this can happen here and yeah I think yeah, you know, that kind of collaborative back and forth is, is the joy of working in a team absolutely yeah. um, one from Toilet Wine Connoisseur um, fantastic <laughs> man um, what is your <laughs> the most really expensive awesome. and the rarest of your big box PC games Toilet. oh good lord
1: um the highest price i paid it had it's probably i think i paid like 400 or 500 which is insane cuz i would never do that again uh for the ultima online charter edition box cuz i was huge into ultima online back ah, in the an, day an
0: rpg nerd nice
1: and uh i mean it's a massive box it's actually hold on it's Oops. just sitting over here i'll show you <laughs> Ooh, it's a beast.
0: Yeah, I never played Ultimate Online too much. Well Those that's amazing. Okay, okay, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is beautiful.
1: And it's got like all the cloth maps and stuff on the inside. And, and yeah, that thing's uh, the rarest one though. I I don't really know off the top of my head. Like, I've got a copy of Loom old school adventure game that thing's sealed I, I think that's pretty rare but yeah i'm not that, that mm. that's probably what i'd go with is uh that or even like the uh the whole unit blood pack with all mm. b- with blood and all of its expansions nice uh that one's pretty rare too i wish i had the id anthology <laughs> <laughs> like i have pieces of it i and i had it in high school right uh and I mean, I, in high school, I had the the icon of sin that's on that box. Mm. Uh, I had actually uh, painted it on my wall. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I had a, I think I do have a photo of it somewhere. But you know, that was just slammed up on the wall, and then I mean, I would always listen to like the Quake One soundtrack was on loop. And my mom thought something was wrong with me because there's like, <laughs> this huge demon on the wall, and I'm just listening to Quake. <laughs> uh, so-
0: yeah, very good. <laughs> um, and that ties into next, next nicely to the next question, which is uh, from Majestic Khalid. Uh, what does it feel like to be a collector? Yeah, um, Look, looks pretty good. Looks like a good
1: thing. Yeah, to do. like it's it's fun, but then it's overwhelming because you don't know when to stop. At least mm. I don't. Like, I I have no room for anything anymore. Like, there's just shit piled up everywhere, and it's ridiculous and starting to look like a hoarder. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that line, there's that line that you don't want to cross. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like once I run out of shelf space, it's great. But, like, if I come across something, I I feel like I need to get Mm -hmm. it. But, I mean, I started collecting just because I wanted to get all the stuff that I remembered from my childhood and, like, all the games that were important to me and started there. And then it just evolved Mm -hmm. into, like, well, that, that, that guy selling a box of. Big box games. Stuff like, I would like. I'll, so I'll, there, I'll might, be, it, there might be it. something cool in there. I'd better go buy it. Right. Yeah. And it's just kind of evolved. <laughs> uh, and it spreads beyond big box. There's console shit in the other room that is just like I almost have a full N64 collection. Nice. Uh, and all, all this stuff that it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do <laughs> with it in <laughs> the <laughs> end. It's just sitting there. Like, I don't know. Um, uh,
0: so this one's from Zenero. Uh, I quite like this one actually um if you were send a so two, two part so um, or a good caveat so if you were to send a message back to your site back in time to yourself at the start of your career would you take the opportunity um, to send that message in order to avoid you know making certain mistakes um, or to get around, get around roadblocks essentially to help you, your you pass yourself through some of the tougher moments or do you view overcoming those uh, elements as actually a part of you know, an integral part of the experience to become a better designer.
1: I think it's part of the experience, definitely. Yeah. You have to have those like pitfalls in order to get better. Like you have to fail. Yep. You have to work on stuff that doesn't do well. Uh the only thing I'd probably tell my younger self would be just to start developing thick skin. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You need it, man. Like it's just when when you spend like, in any modern game, I mean, you're spending three years, four years of your life just living and breathing that thing, yeah. and once you release it and start seeing posts, it's like it's like either don't read the internet yep. at that point, um or if you do, just don't yeah. let it upset you yeah. like because there's so so everyone's oh, got an opinion and every, everyone's valid in whatever they feel like they need to talk about so it's fine yeah fun. yeah for but sure it, it does suck because it feels like it's it's your baby and so, someone someone can be bad-mouthing your baby <laughs>
0: yeah for sure for sure uh it's um i think any, anyone in a creative field needs to develop uh, a certain degree of, of personal armor to to bat that kind of shit away and um but you like you also do need to listen to legitimate criticisms you know absolutely um yeah uh, you know, if it's couched in you know nasty language well those people can get fucked to be honest but um you know it is there's, there's you know no, no, nothing's perfect and like you say you're going back to that learning from you like these people might be presenting you know legitimate things that you can improve on next time and make become better yeah. and i think i definitely agree that it's important to go through those those ups and downs because you learn more by failing absolutely uh, yeah than you yeah. do by succeeding it's like yeah i did good i i'll do it again <laughs> nothing changes um you know but if you make you know something doesn't quite work out right or it's not fun to play or there's you know, um yeah you know, things you could do better next time well that's that's how you get that's how you improve and um, yeah. yep absolutely I very much agree um one from arlene uh i see a post about all kinds of great and fantastic classics from all types of media dune heretic and evil dead uh, as of late on your Twitter, um, where do you draw the most infir- inspiration from uh, for level design? Um, is it all the great from all the great media in your collection, or from elsewhere?
1: It's down. kind of what we talked about yeah. earlier. Actually, it's from everywhere. It's mm. it doesn't matter what you're doing or what you're playing, what you're watching, uh, even what you're listening to. All of that stuff just feeds into ideas. Yep. And I mean, I. It works for me to have the notebook with me at all times, just because. I mean, you could be out. I mean, it's nice that we have phones now and take mm. photos of shit. Um, but you could be out anywhere and just look at a building that looks cool or yep. the interior of some space, and you're like, "That's fucking awesome!" And snap a shot of it. Definitely. Uh, every everything feeds into just creativity. Yeah. You, know, you, you, know, you could steal it from anything. Exactly. Right? exactly. Essentially, it's, just like it's 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 all borrow, fantastic. borrow, borrow. <laughs> loan, bo- lo- loan it, loan the idea, give it, I'll give it
0: back. I promise you can have it, but I just need to keep it for a little bit. it's my pocket. It's funny you mentioned music because you, you know you wouldn't expect that to be like a, a source of inspiration for level design or a game, but I've done that. Like been listening to song, but this seems to happen a lot at the gym. And I'll be you know, um, on 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 the cardio machine and listening to some music, and the lyrics will just start a start a ball rolling. And I'll, I have to write this down. Like and um, you know uh, you can literally get ideas from absolutely anywhere. Um, but yeah we did go through that uh, A bit more detail earlier and We've got one from Blue to Beast um, uh, This is for both of us uh, Do you feel that level design plays a key part In multiplayer immersion In a way that it keeps players coming back And wanting more Actually have you oh, been yeah. involved in any multiplayer level design
1: I have It's definitely not my focus mm. Like I am a it's single different. player guy uh, Tried and true um, But I have, I have done some multiplayer maps uh, I don't even know the last time I did one Probably on stuff that no one played multiplayer in, so no one would ever see them. Um, but it, I mean, the level has to be good for, for you yep. to come. I mean, if the level, if the level sucks, you're not going to want to play the game anymore. Like if, if your flow through the space, and I mean, if there's too many holes. Yep. You know, I mean, you could almost look at any arena in both. 2016 mm. or eternal i mean they're multiplayer arenas yep. really like that's what it comes down to you could
0: easily put uh five or six players in there and have a pretty good death match
1: right i them, mean you're yeah. getting jump pads you're getting all that shit mm-hmm. so like it's 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 pretty close to a multiplayer map yep. um, uh but those are a different breed i mean oh. to, to get one that's just really good and memorable and it's crazy to see the ones that are memorable from people who still play quake and things like mm-hmm. that and what stands out uh as as their favorites because there's clearly something about certain maps, Dust and from it's hard to what it is that just brings people back in.
0: I think with with deathmatch, and like it's the, everything's important, and every, you know, always important, and shouldn't be neglected. But in deathmatch, in particular, the focus, like you said, flow, and a, like a a single player game or map or whatever that doesn't play perfectly and maybe isn't the best gameplay can be lifted by other elements. At visual presentation and, and aesthetics, like a medieval. Um, you know, like you say, you can play that with no monsters and it, it still would be enjoyable. Um, deathmatch less so. It's not about like because it's so fast-paced, you're not really paying attention. It needs to look decent, but if if you if the gameplay is lopsided, like there's a place where people can camp and just kill everyone, or, or the flow's not there, and you get stuck into corners, there's also dead ends you have to turn around from, and too many doors, and yeah, you know, a, a deathmatch map that plays badly is just no one's going to use it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, What if you,
1: if you take that too and you put that into single player? Like for single player, you could always patch those holes very easily yep, yep. Uh, with just some random thing of like, oh, we notice players are standing in this corner and they're just exploiting all the combat. And you're like, what well, Pain- is what we're going <laughs> yeah. to here That blocks you from yeah. there. <laughs> like you could easily just prevent somebody from getting there. Oh, in multiplayer. We'll you, just make you it kill can't. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, you have got to be, got to get that flow. And it's yeah, like, it's got to be so polished and, yeah. and tested like crazy mm. in order for it to be perfect. Yeah. Stuff. Um, no, it's actually something I do
0: want to try and do is, uh, running a little community project uh, um, or we're making deathmatch maps because I think it would be quite fun but it would definitely be different definitely be a different experience um. oh there's an interesting question from the Mister Cat, um, uh, who's actually been looking in the chat with us um, uh, he is uh, actually one of the principal developers working with me on Agent Hell so uh, very good dude um, do you think that Carmack and Romero would have been as successful and innovative if they had never worked
1: together? question mm. I think so they both had to drive back then they uh it would have been interesting to see what they would have made if not mm. together you know like what what kind of games would have come out from either of them well, just, um,
0: carmack was always about the the tech behind the scenes stuff right. you know he's a, he's, a, he's he's uh you know it was, that was always his passion so i imagine he would have gotten into something might right. not have it might not have been games though he could have i could have seen him ending up in a different industry um, because is he work doing VR work now work for Oculus? Maybe I think he
1: stopped doing that yeah. actually. It was I, mean, I think he's consulting for Oculus and now he's like working on AI or something mm. like that. I'm not sure, yeah. It's he's like I, skynet or yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> got
0: two minutes. We him um, you know, so Carmack, I can see easily have ending up in a different industry completely. So, um, but right. with Romero, it's definitely like he to me, he is more game focused, like he would have made games, yeah. you know, um, right. if, if Carmack right. wasn't there. Doom would have happened. Um, I feel like, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I could be completely wrong. I'll get to ask him in a couple of, uh, couple of weeks. Um,
1: uh,
0: actually, that is a good question. To
1: I'd say Doom would have happened, but it probably wouldn't have been a first person shooter. because mm. like, he he wouldn't have had the tech. That's to, true. That's true. Yep. To kind of push it forward and do all that. Like, it could have mm. just been another. I mean, even Commander Keen wouldn't have been Commander Keen without Carmack because mm. he didn't have the tech to side-scrolling to work on a pc mm, 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 uh, so so yeah, it would have been interesting to see what type of games romero would have made mm. without uh about carmax tech
0: <sighs> yeah i could see him making rpgs for some reason right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which are not which are less tech tech reliant you know those old ones uh you know, just, they're just text on a screen um i could i could see romero making rpgs for some reason um Uh, One from Chester. Uh, What stands out as the most painstaking areas you've created in a Duma turn (laughs) level that most players probably will never notice?
1: Uh, It's that big, the the hardest place was, and this is more of a performance question uh, than anything else, is that outdoor area of Super Gornas. Mm. That area is huge. massive. And you you can see everything. Like, there's nothing that blocks you from seeing into other spaces. It's very porous. You could see multiple levels, and once that thing gets detailed out by the art team, it uh, it's, it's a lot of polygons. It's a it's a lot of stuff going on. So there is a lot of kind of hackery happening in the background when you're, uh, depending on where you're standing, things are being turned off and managed, and models are being hidden, and mm-hmm. stuff is just being kind of swapped around behind the scenes so that space can actually run decently.
0: Yeah, and because um, like that outdoor area is also a very high encounters that like there's a lot of action in there. It, you know, you, you can afford to have like a little bit of performance drops in, in places where not, not much of combat is happening. But like in in an area like that where players are spinning and jumping and running around so much, yeah, if you get any frame drops it's,
1: people are gonna people are gonna comment. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean even like thinking of and this would be a game wide thing, the the meat hook. Mm. Like that that broke so much shit because it's especially when you see how people use it like that was never like I mean I I never thought of it as a designer to watch somebody fling themselves as as, it's a wild shit it's insane (laughs) so there is so much of like holy shit like how do we how do we
0: you can't just put block lines around everything. <laughs> yeah, in some cases, that is what you have to do.
1: It's like, I, I'm sorry, like, I don't want to place an invisible wall here, but I have to because you keep <laughs> yeeting <laughs> yourself into the sun. Things.
0: <laughs> oh, like, not just from a. So, the, yeah, there's obviously the level breaking element. Actually, still got the meat hook for a while because it's a, a fucking seminal you know, piece of a uh, kit in the game. Um... And so, like, there's, there's the, yeah, you can get to areas that you aren't meant to with the meat hook. And I think that that's that was co- probably semi inevitable. And in like, hey, if you do something weird and you break the game, well, it happens. And you know, you do try and eliminate the, you know, ninety nine percent of the cases where that happens. But if there's, there's the odd, you know, out of bounds glitch that can happen accidentally, it's not, you know, not necessarily the right. world. And then if it happens quite often, well, no, we need to, we need to fix that one. But for me, the most interesting thing about the meat hook is how it's used in combat. And the amount of mobility that people can get from it, and how far that's taken the skill ceiling for Doom Eternal. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that wasn't something that was really thought about.
1: I don't think so. Like, I mean, it, not to to the extent that it's used now. I mean, and I mean Hugo's so active with that community now for mm. especially for like the, the those those pro Doom Eternal players yeah, that are yeah. just nuts to watch. Like, uh, it's in the back of the mind of everyone now. Like you yep. know, so, as things are being worked on, it's like okay, that, there's guys that play the game like this, so mm. it's 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 totally everything's built around that at this it, point.
0: Well, now you actually see in in uh, tag two, there's those meat hook points. Yeah, so yeah. it's actually like we're going to actually teach you. Know, we're going to you know, kind of almost tutorial people who, because I hadn't really done much meat hooking until that point, like certainly not from a combat perspective, because um, I'm not that good. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's interesting seeing that folding into deliberate design now and i really like that i I like that you know almost backwards kind of design feedback coming in it's like going well not so much backwards but going full circle we make a thing the players do this well they get quite good at that that looks like fun let's bring that in for the next iteration um i think that's you know it shows a dev team that's that's really paying attention um to how people are playing and and respecting that Going, oh yeah these are good ideas um and then you get so um uh i'm assuming you've heard of uh prote and his mods oh the yeah, mode. yeah. Like, what 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 are, your, yeah. what are your thoughts on that
1: dude it's fucking awesome i'm <laughs> glad great. that somebody found a way to mod the game <laughs> it's, it's like so, that was so cool. awesome so like, cool like I, the, I i would love um, tools to come out in the future yeah. for anything any anything more that ed works on like releasing a tool set would be fucking great yeah uh, because yeah, and yeah, I'm I'm glad that people have worked ar- around on Eternal to get that stuff to work, but it's given more life to the game. I mean, it's just the 100%. same reason why cl- classic Doom stuff is yep. still around. It's just it's, the more the community can build, sh- the that, longer your game will live.
0: Oh, it definitely, a hundred percent. It's why why um, games last as long as they do is is a is a very strong modding community. Um, yep. And yeah, you know, I I, I, was, I just want to see more stuff in the Tech Seven, and I think yeah, you know, if if, um, if if the team can actually produce some sort of sdk um Eternal will be played for many many years um but it, yes yeah, it's, it's it's insane watching uh, people like yo know devo play play protease horde modes and just bossing these areas like how do you move like that
1: <laughs> just, there, there's such a great thing of like seeing what people especially because it's just pc stuff so it's like there's no limitations just go nuts it's like mm-hmm. when you're working on the game as as, as a shippable product you have to keep performance in mind it's it's going to be on consoles it's going to yep. be everywhere so you you can't just go nuts there is a limitation especially for ai it's like you can only have this many alive at a certain time yep. you know before things start getting bad uh so to see somebody just make fuck just the limits we're like, <laughs> yeah. gonna throw 15 marauders in this room you're like oh
0: fuck that's awesome cool i'm gonna watch someone else play it grab a whiskey yeah <laughs> Oh, and yeah, like that, and that's where you do get that boundary pushing. And you know, um, you look at the you know, stuff that's been made for GZ Doom and um, and, and Quake, like you know, um, Arcane Dimension stuff, and uh, and you yeah. know, and people like pushing those boundaries out. And like, sure, not everyone can play them because maybe they don't have a good enough rig. Uh, or they're not good enough to play like skill level wise because you know these people like to push difficulty as well. Um, but it's fantastic to watch, and it keeps it keeps those people who. Who are very good at the game and play it a lot. It keeps them interested, and it keeps you know, it's good publicity and uh, and and uh, all, all those things. Um, I think we had. I think we had any more? Quick, I had one more that I wanted to ask, and then if there's no more from the audience, we'll we'll, we'll call it a day. Um, there's a couple of fights in particularly tag one. Which felt like they're just transposed from a classic Doom custom mod setup. There's one where you gotta fight a bunch of pinkies and there's a whole lot of blood punch charges around. And then there's the mm-hmm. plasma rifle and the and the shield guys. And then there's the Marauder with the totem. We gotta to kill the Marauder first before you can access the totem. And there are a couple other ones as well, but there's certain encounters that felt like they were just pulled straight from uh, someone's, you know, Doom mod that they made a couple of years ago kind of thing. Like a really like gimmick gimmick sounds bad but you know focused around a certain gimmick um and and with a really like clear strategy um are those inspired by classic doom or is it just you guys branching out and experimenting more or
1: yeah it was more about experimenting it was about trying to give the the player like a, a moment where it's easily winnable. Like it, it's just a thing where you can feel like a badass because you are getting yep. beat down a lot, especially in in tag one. Mm. Um, so to have those moments where it's like, no, just fucking have fun. Here, yeah. here's a bunch of pickups or here's a bunch of ammo. Just go nuts. You're gonna you're gonna fight only things that are mm. weak to the plasma rifle. And you just tear into yeah. it, and then by the time that's done, you're like, "This fun. is awesome!" But then, yeah. of course, you go, you really do the boss fight. After that, and yes. you're like, "Oh, I'm not awesome." Yeah, no. <laughs>
0: yeah. oh, that's interesting because it, it, like, it just to me just, it, and I, probably because that's what I, I do. But it just screamed, "This could be in a in a Doom, a, a classic Doom map." Hey? I, and I really liked it. I thought it was just like get, give that a tick because <laughs> you know, that's like, awesome. you, like you said, they have fun, you enjoy them, um, and, yeah, yeah, and then get your dick handed back to you on a plate. Yeah. <laughs> not very good how's the pickle beer holding up it's gone it's gone so yeah, yeah. damn be, right can't be too bad then
1: pickle beer a-okay <laughs>
0: everyone try it okay. alright there we go full endorsement uh, from Dr. Knight for the pickle and uh, jalapeno hell
1: yeah <laughs> jalapeno pickle fucker
0: <laughs> that's a hell of a name hell of a name <laughs> Oh, yeah, we've got we, uh, one, one last question just popped up. Uh, any, any levels that uh, they made... You made? I guess you? Uh, yeah, any levels that you've made uh, that you look back on and you think, why did I do that? Every
1: single one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's so much that, of that. That was it's a like, oh, dumb that was a idea. a bad idea. Yeah.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty common. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, There's, like, I could... I mean... You could iterate on a level forever <laughs> and and keep churning and churning and churning and probably what you had there originally was likely the better, <laughs> the better thing. But you you can get in your own head and and redesign an area or you know re- just constantly move things around and uh, definitely. Yeah, I mean I can't think of any off the top of my head of like any spot that I'd really like. Oh, I, I think
0: I think in that kind of situation, I like a brilliant. And this ties back to the, like the, the failing and, and roadblocks and all that kind of struggles that you have. You look back on that and you're like, that didn't work out so well. As you figure out why, um, and yeah, you need to draw a line in the sand when you work on something that no, you're throwing good money after bad. There's no point trying to rework this area. You know, as you say, the original idea is probably as good as it's going to get because there's something fundamentally flawed in the design. Right. Fuck it. Release it. Do whatever you need to get it out there. And this is probably a little bit easier for your, for, for your passion modders. Um, but it's if it's a you know AAA game, probably cut that out and build something right. again from scratch. Um, if you're going if you want to read, because it takes like you said with the foundry, um, there's a there's a, there's a time and an energy cost to, to reworking this stuff. And sometimes it works like like the foundry, um, but I imagine that was a pretty pretty risky moment to be honest to have that amount of redesign going into a map that late in the piece.
1: It definitely was. It was more of like, hey, take two weeks and uh, try to try to figure it out, yep. and if it doesn't work, it stays the same yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. I could say the the one thing I would look back on and be like, fucking hell, is all those classic maps in twenty sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> like that was a such a a last minute thing, and to sign up for that because I made each every one of those. Oh wow. And, oh, yeah. uh, and what a pain in the ass, <laughs> and it was nothing but just like uh people's reaction it it was cool that they were there i I like that they were there i I like that fun
0: to do i like that they existed they weren't necessarily the funnest to play but i could understand why (laughs) like
1: no they weren't the 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 ai from that game do not belong in those maps (laughs) (laughs) at all but it was a fun experience to try to do because i mean really i think the first two maps or first three i had to build completely from scratch yep uh, so it was really just like kind of eye- eyeballing everything and mm. just building in there. And then we had some exporter at some point that nice. was made in Python to <laughs> fit it out. And the the texture coordinates were all fucked up. So <laughs> that's why it's like you yeah, have the people, it's like all the flip textures and things like that. It's like, I'm sorry. They're like, oh my God. <laughs> you make it. it <laughs> There's so many maps to keep an eye on. And it was in like three weeks or something to wow. get them all done. I didn't but, realize they were that late in the piece. And then, of course, after all all said and done, uh, I think somebody online had pointed out and said, oh, you could just export them from, I forget what editor. Well, the ultimate Doom um,
0: builder, you can es- export them as a model. Yep.
1: I think that's what it was, yeah. yeah. And they are like, oh, you could have just exported it. And it would have kept like, the texture coordinates. It's like, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, that. That would have saved a lot of time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, I, like, I, I And that was one of the great things about Doom 16 was all those little homages and references to the... Yeah, you know, it's the old stuff, and I, 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 did, I did love that that they were there, and I, I appreciate the effort, and I think, I think the community does uh, <laughs> too. Yeah.
1: Um, I think I, li- I liked hiding them more in the maps, yeah, uh, than actually playing the the yeah. full map. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it could have just stayed as the hidden pieces yeah. the day. <laughs> probably could uh, kind have. Of. Oh well.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah, they probably <laughs> would have been enough of a reference to make people go, yes, and get all that nostalgia, right? Dopamine. I frighten. remember this. <laughs> 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 no, they were yeah. great. um <laughs> yeah and i love the jarring transition between you know, the beauty of you know modern doom 16 to like back to the old original textures all pixelated and in, in their in their glory fire blue
1: that's what kind of sold actually because the first one was done that was uh, that was in foundry uh, oh yep, yep yep, and that yep. was that was the transition that was mm. like oh my god this is really cool because it's like yeah you're out there in the lava and everything's going nuts and then you just walk in <laughs> yeah, This is right there <laughs> old pixelated starting like holy shit <laughs> yeah. i mean there was it's funny there was uh And never got around to actually being able to do it, but we could have shaded all of those textures and gotten the lighting to be like it was in the classic lamps. Right now they're just full, full Full black. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's there's no shading at all. Um, But the the ability was there to shade them properly, but it would have taken. Yeah. all the time to go in there and cut the meshes all because they're all models uh mm. to cut them up into all the pieces they need and then try to find the accurate shading on all that and say yeah that wasn't worth the effort
0: it's something that i always find quite fascinating is like obviously these new engines and stuff are very powerful you can make amazing elaborate co- constructs but like trying to
1: recreate old stuff and the new engine's like fuck this is hard <laughs> yeah
0: because you, you know because it has to well, be the immortal, first ones
1: yeah. i had done were um, in rage oh, yeah, i had but- done uh, the Wolfenstein secret and rage. And then I did it in, and then I did a, like, a little brief E1M1 section in one of the maps and then a Ooh. quake section. Uh, and so that was kind of the first experience of going back and just kind of recreating some of the classic things. And then 2016 was like, no, just make the full map. now.
0: Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> really? Okay. Mm, we're doing this now. Yeah. yeah. Very good. All right. I think. Yeah, that's it. from there. Uh, if anyone else has a question, um, Drop it in the next 30 seconds and we'll ask it, but otherwise, um, we'll call it a day. Um, yeah, thank you very much, um, uh, Junction 8, for coming on. I don't know if you usually do this kind of stuff, but it's a, it was a pleasure.
1: No, no, no. This is the first time I've ever actually done uh, anything like this, so thanks for having me. That no, was great.
0: Uh, no, awesome. I, I think I'd be keen to get you back on and we can pick your brain a bit more, uh, drink, a, oh, drink yeah. a few more beers, uh, um, and uh, probably deep dive a bit more into, into level design properly, Um now that we know a bit of your history. Um, uh, yeah, got anything else you want to add? Anyone thing you want to say to the adoring Doom fans out there?
1: Nothing. <laughs> I love you all.
0: There we go. Perfect. That's all I got. Yeah. Up. Um, to Doom? Oh, I don't
1: have one. <sighs> yeah, up, but, it doesn't have. Uh, I've got like a drop of pickle. There left, so there
0: we go. <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, Doom is a. You know, whether you like it or don't, it is part of the architecture in uh, FPS, and um, you know, it's, it's it's come a long way over the last 26 and a half years, or whatever it is, nearly 27. And you know, someone like yourself um, working for ID for that long, you know, definitely a, a, a big part of, of uh, what it is today. So, um, on behalf of uh, you know, all the, all the people out there that play it, we, we appreciate your efforts and you know. Um, You look at the stuff you've made, and I think you can, you know, um, feel very proud of yourself and what you've achieved um, because people people like it. It's good fun.
1: Thank you very much. Um. It's nice to hear. (laughs)
0: Um, Yep. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for watching. We will of course be back uh, um, uh, in a month's time or so. Got a few more guests lined up. Uh, Something very exciting coming up soon um, in July. Uh, And until then, uh, this is uh, you've been here with Bridgeburner and Junction Eight, and uh, we will catch you next time. Bye, guys. All right. Done. All right. Thank you very much, my friend.
1: Thanks,
0: dude. Uh, we are going to continue streaming. Um, we're going to play some Dune and do the usual co-op thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, you have a good one, Josh, right? You go, go, go cook your dinner.
1: Yes, yes. I don't even know what's on the menu. Go find out. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we didn't uh, right. keep you too long. But thanks. No, cheers. Hey, it's your friendly neighborhood producer, Ty, the Motherlord Brandon speaking here. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to do this one, and I want to say thank you to Bridgeburner and also to Junction 8 for yet another fantastic interview. Make sure you go uh, follow them at all of their places on Twitter. Uh, follow Bridgeburner
0: on Twitch and also on his YouTube channel and all the different places where you can get this podcast.
1: If you don't know where to find those things, in inthekeep.com. Click on the podcast tab, and Burning Bridges is right there can also check out all of our other fantastic shows like In the Keep and Doom is Dead. Stay hard, motherfuckers.